0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Rini Cavallari about dumping our head trash and reconnecting to our emotional brain for more clarity and confidence to lead our team. Cavallari, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation today. It was really fun getting to chat with you in the pre interview and just get to know you a little bit better. And I think we're kindred spirits in terms of our love for personal and organizational leadership and how to do that more successfully. And I'm excited to talk with you today about reconnecting our emotional brain for clarity and confidence and leading our team. And this term that you have coined dumping our head trash. Uh, I, I love the idea of head trash and getting rid of that cleaning things up so that we can be more effective in our daily lives. So we'll be exploring that together as well. As we get started, I wanted to share Rini's bio with everybody. Rini Cavalari is founder, CEO and chief instigator of Aspire, a global customized training, leadership, development, and culture alignment company. A dynamo who colors outside the lines, Rini is a cutting-edge leadership expert and international strategist who has worked with thousands of organizations and their greatest asset, their people, to improve performance and quality of life. She is the author of six books with her latest, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, available now. Rini is a member of the prestigious National Speakers Association and was named an outstanding woman in business by Phoenix Business Journal. Her company, Aspire, has won 14 consecutive Stevie Awards and uh, as a most innovative company, and recently she was recognized for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Again, uh, thank you for joining me. It's a real pleasure to have you. Uh, So much professional success and experience that really will be super helpful as we talk about this uh, topic today. So anything else you would like to share by way of background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation?
1: Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, really, I grew up, I'm a scrappy kid from Philly. And uh, so my parents were both teachers. And uh, we, you know, really explored life together. And they created what I consider one of The greatest gifts besides love, which was the foundation of my growing up, even even more exciting than love, I guess, is the love. If you don't have it, it's probably pretty darn exciting. But it was curiosity, curiosity for exploration, travel, and then, you know, also the curiosity about oneself. So that was kind of an awesome way to grow up um, with two teachers who really valued that.
0: Yeah, that really is awesome. I, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for lifelong learning and just being inquisitive and asking the hard questions, being willing to uh, challenge our own paradigm, challenge our own way of thinking, challenge our assumptions and our, our, you know, internal biases and even prejudices. Um, You know, I think that's really important. That's what life and, and growth is all about. I think that's what leadership's all about, doing that for ourselves and helping others to do, do that as well. So that's wonderful. That's amazing that you had that experience growing up um, and that that then fed into your, your career trajectory and and you know the really successful career in life that you've had. So as we dive on into the conversation, uh, I thought maybe we could start with this idea of head trash. You, you had a book recently come out Um, titled head trash. It's a it's a really interesting kind of framing. Um, Can you describe for us what is head trash? And how does head trash affect us all in our day to day life?
1: Well, head trash is we all have it. We all kind of know about it. It's those little nasty voices that undermine you in your life. So they perk up and they make you question things or or in, in not so positive a way. So it's not the curiosity. It's actually more driven by fear. And the head trash lives in our emotional brain where When we have head trash, the noise gets loud. And so that really creates emotional stress. So when we have emotional stress, it's usually anxiety, fear, worry, uh, you know, and, and we can even have physical elements that impact us through head trash. And so the goal of life is really to live on that connected side of our emotional brain where we can really find joy. And also that's where solutions exist. Like the problem is in the disconnected side with where the head trash lives because our tape is going and that tape really can can overwhelm us. You know, sometimes we can't sleep at night because the tape is going. So learning how to really dump your head trash improves the quality of your life.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And and I think we all know of this idea, this concept, um, which... You know, is we we have all this this self talk, the 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 limiting thoughts and and the the narratives that run in our brain. Um, now, sometimes if we learn how to to utilize it, maximize it, we can turn it in a positive direction, and it can be very helpful. But most people deal with the head trash, they deal with the limiting thoughts, they deal with the, those um, ideas that limit and inhibit them, as opposed to empowering and, and elevating them. Uh, and so whether it's the stress and anxieties and then not being able to sleep because your, your brain is running a a thousand miles a minute, uh, or, you know, it's just, you know, the negative self-talk and, and you kind of undermining your own confidence, your own abilities, uh, there's just so many, uh, negative consequences of allowing this to take over in our life. Uh, and, and so I think, it's definitely something we all need to work on. I I don't know that anyone has arrived when it comes to figuring out how to deal with the head trash.
1: Yes, yeah, so actually, I think that the minute you think you've got it under control, you know, life comes at you and reminds you of the humility that uh, is better served, right? So I think what becomes important is that just like anything we want to you know improve there's tends to be a process around it and really you know how to dump your head trash first you have to own it then you have to shift it you have to shift your perspective and what you shared earlier we're really what you're speaking of are the imprints of life and we all have imprints we all have perspectives influences um, and perceptions and this all runs our world and the cool thing about our being individuals is that no one controls our mind except for us we really do have control now are there influences of course they're just the habits that we have now and then there are the beliefs that we have and so we can change things so that they can serve us so we can have it you know i grew up i had a, early on in my life i lost my younger brother i was only four and there was it, it, it was of course, a tragedy, and it was devastating to my parents and, and myself the three of us you know we we really had to find our way now you there are certain imprints that go into that disconnected side of your emotional brain that can be negative. I became fiercely independent, in other words, don't count on anybody because they can die in a nanosecond because in a four year old that's kind of this conclusion, and at the same time, I also came to have a sense of real true passion for life like live it because you don't know how long you have tell people you love them because you don't know if you'll be able to the next time you see them so there are all these imprints that are positive and negative and what we have to Really understand about life is that when we become self aware, we can self reflect. And therefore, then I can learn to manage the imprint that of fiercely independent. And I emphasize fiercely because it sounds so good, but it's fiercely independent isn't just being an independent person, which is what we all strive to be. Fiercely independent actually cuts you off from people so that you you feel like you have a sense of control and so when you become aware you can self-reflect when you can self-reflect you can shift and you can learn to manage that or decrease it or even eliminate it completely
0: yeah i agree i think i think that self-reflection is key It's just self-awareness right we need to as i was mentioning earlier we have to be able to uh find ways that we can start to discover and uncover our blind spots, those implicit biases that we hold, um, the assumptions to life that, that uh, shape our worldview and the way we interact with others and the way we develop our relationships. And that one, the, the most important way that we do that is through just continual self-reflection. There are other ways we can surround ourselves with good people that we care about and trust, who are willing to call us on our stuff and willing to point out, you know, when we're doing things that are, are negative or harmful, um, even if it's just internal. But uh, but that self reflective piece, I think that's that's the foundation. That's the fundamental element that has to be there if we want to be able to systematically root out. Those negative thoughts and the and how they influence our our behaviors and it's usually not in a healthy way. It usually mm-hmm. really diminishes our capacities, diminishes our confidence, our our uh, our self efficacy, and ultimately we we become uh, kind of enslaved to that head trash. Uh, and that's that's not the life that any of us want to live. And I think of you know myself in my leadership roles or anyone listening who's who's a leader in an organization, you know. Not only do you want to tap into your own self-confidence and your capabilities, but you want your people to be able to do the same thing. You want them to be robust, um, confident uh, people maximizing their potential. And I think we, we all tend to fall victim to this negative self-talk, the negative headspace that we, we get trapped into. And so we, we need to do it for ourselves, but we need to help our people do it as well. than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
1: So, Where this information over the years, I I have had the luxury of working with thousands of organizations and tens of of thousands of people, some leaders at the sea level, and then also people who were working in, you know, in the trenches of the work itself. But it was always the same outcome, which was how do you improve your performance? How that was kind of the the thesis of my work over the years with people. And from that, that, you know, I have the book is written by myself. And the backup of the book is the RCI Institute, as well as powered by Aspire, the firm that executes this work. But the RCI Institute was able to really synthesize in what is it that allows certain people to perform at higher levels. And certainly as leaders, we have influence on others and we all lead. It's, you know, leadership is a behavior, not a position. I mean, we've all worked for people who had the position and could have used some behavioral training. So when we think about um, leadership we were able to really dive in and see this impact of when we, when we believe in something, our trajectory just looks different. So when we are in that negative side of our emotional brain, that, that disconnected side, that emotional stress goes up, well, here's the real impact for leaders that are listening is that when we have high levels of emotional stress, our productive action goes down because we get stuck in there. And we all felt that, like, I can't stop the tape. I can't stop the tape. Well, when we can decrease the emotional stress as a leader for other people, and we do that through our communication, our connection, our ability to demonstrate gratitude, these are all things that help decrease the the worry the fear the anger so that we can have productive action so it's not about fluffy stuff i mean i'm a scrappy kid from philly there isn't much that's fluffy about me what i but what we're trying to do is really help people become more productive because the beauty of productivity is what happens after when we are productive and we're making change or we're impacting our own work we're con- we're contributing well when we contribute that turns us on more and so that increases the likelihood of us being in this more you know, connected side of our emotional brain. And so that perpetuates more of, of the same. The challenge when we find ourselves with anger or, or complete distress, we're stuck in it. And so it's our, our productive action isn't as productive. So we can't affect the change that we actually really want in a, a mo- the most empowered way. And that's why understanding like what is happening here and then taking it back, because when we take it back, our personal power is pushing us forward and we're not feeling so afraid of things. It's good to be vulnerable in, in how we, we look at life and feel and communicate, but it's not okay to have, be stuck in our own vulnerability because that's really a fear of not moving out of it, not moving forward in our life. And so when we took a look at all of these thousands of people over the years and this work, you know, Aspire started 26 years ago, which is, and by the way, COVID was our 25th year anniversary. What, what a about, wonderful yeah, anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the amazing thing. It allowed us, you know, here we are in this pandemic and we watched this epidemic of head trash. I mean, we've always had head trash, but it went nuts. And we were able to study the leaders who actually could have success, and individuals who had success in their work, regardless of what their work was, they had it when their mindset was in the right place. But when they they were stuck in and you know, I was laid off, I was furloughed, why did this happen? And that really goes to the the shift, Jonathan. The shift is about the the questions we ask ourselves. So if I ask myself the question, why is this happening to me? It's It keeps me stuck in the disconnected side. But if I ask myself, what's the one thing I can do to start to move towards what I want? Or I wonder what I'm gonna do today that's really gonna help me learn something new. Or when we ask questions that again, really point us in the direction of where we wanna go. But first we have to have clarity of where we wanna go. And that's where the head trash messes us up. So. We we decrease that emotional stress because then we have clarity. When we have clarity of what we want, we can be productive towards it. It's really a simple process, but we just have to get out of the trash to be able to move through it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And you've already alluded to it, but let's let's get really specific here for a minute. Uh, on the negative side, we're thinking, how do we dump the trash? Right? How do we um, get rid of it? On the positive, you know, fl- the flip side of the coin is how on the positive side, how can we reconnect to that emotional brain? How can we find more balance, more clarity, more confidence that will then lead to uh, being able to lead our teams, to be more productive uh, and not you know, continually sabotaging our own success?
1: So there's pro- there's proactive things we can do. And then there's things you can do when you're in the reactive mode, which is the head trash is flying and you're in it. So let's start with the the proactive, because it's almost like I use the analogy of working out. Um, the, The reason that we we get exercise and we work our body is I mean, for some people, it turns them on. For other people, it does nothing. But we have to have the health in our body, the physical health in our body so we can power through the times. When it gets rough, it, it, in it, like we catch a cold, we get sick. When, when we have um, built that muscle, that physical muscle of health, we have a higher likelihood of being healthy. And the same thing is true with our emotional brain. So the proactive things, the first thing that you want to do is look at your habits. So what are the habits that serve you and what are the habits that don't serve you? So you know, back in uh, last year in the throes of COVID and certainly my company I went through, I mean, we we lost clients all over the place and then we watched people get laid off. We we work with C's that had to lay off tens of thousands of people, it was, you know, you could feel the pain, you were in it. And so uh, uh, for me, a lot of things, like I didn't need to be in Facebook because it really wasn't serving my higher purpose. Like it, it wasn't bringing me any joy. And it was sucking on me. So I looked at that habit, and for me, I got rid of it. I stopped watching the news late at night. I started reading things that helped me feel like, Who do I want to be right now? Which, by the way, is a great question when you're all stressed out and in your head trash. Like, Who do I want to be before you open your mouth? And, you know, I'm married. Before I open my mouth and say something to Armand, I sometimes need to say, Who do I want to be right now? And so it's this. Ability to build these habits proactively. Um, I happen to be a, a meditator. So I meditate in the morning. I don't turn on the news. I don't read my email before I get out of bed. Like sometimes you do that and it puts you in that disconnected side of your emotional brain. And your goal is to do things that really set up your day to be in the connected side. So almost think of your brain with two sides, actually, exactly think of your brain with two sides. Events happen, things occur, and the more that you have proactively put yourself on the connected side, the less likely you'll have stress and anxiety. And so other things, some people journal, some people garden, and actually in um, the book, We've identified 29 things. There were hundreds of things, but these were 29 things that most commonly helped people. Now, I'm not suggesting 29, like get three in your, get three in your pocket and do them on a regular basis. You know, I, you know I'm not a runner. It says in there, to, you know, running for some people. I run when you chase me. Like if I'm being chased, I'll run. But, you know, I like to hike or walk or, so yeah. these are the things that they decrease the emotional stress. So that's the proactive side, Jonathan, the reactive hey, can I just side
0: really quickly, before we go into the reactive side, um, great, great tips. And I appreciate towards the end there, you, you clarify that, you know, we, we don't want to set 29 goals, right? We, we, you focus on a few things, get establish a habit, master them, make them a part of your daily routine, um, get comfortable with them. And then over time, you can start to add new things, right? But we, we definitely don't want to try to overwhelm ourselves. And I think, I think that's a, the natural human tendency that we have, is once we finally get to the point where we can acknowledge the problem, we can acknowledge that we need to do something to, to fix it to, to make ourselves more healthy. Uh, then many people decide that they're just going to go all in. And, while I admire that, uh, the reality is that's almost never sustainable. <laughs> and so most people who decide they're going to go all in, it lasts for a week, two weeks, a month, and then it dissipates. Right. And so if we just start to slow and steady wins the race, if you just start to, to establish some habits, uh, towards mindfulness, towards meditative practices, exercise, physical activity, um, you know, whatever the case may be, you choose those things, start to really embed them into your daily routine And then over time, you start to see the impact of it. It'll make it all that that much more easy um, for you to start to add new things into your repertoire.
1: So exactly correct for for me. Like I'm an all in kind of person. Like that is my nature. And so I use kind of a. I have a habit where I get up. Actually, before I even get up, I meditate. Then I journal, and then I do yoga. Because for me, I have a ton of energy and this really helps ground the energy so that it can be productive, right? I don't need to energize myself first thing in the morning. Like, oh my gosh, it'd be frightening. So that's what works for me. And we have to decide what works. But I will tell you that there was um, a week, the last couple of weeks have been crazy, crazy busy and I wasn't getting my yoga in. And my body was stiff, and I was having aches and pains. Okay, so instead of feeling guilty about it, and saying, you know, so it's done. Okay, today, I'm going to start again. So we we always have ebbs and flows, it's just being present in them. That's the habit, because for me, it was very easy, because I love my yoga. Like it makes me feel good, but it took time for me to become a yogi over time. So some people it's knitting, other people it's gardening. Some people play an instrument, you know, or write. It it just, it's, that's why I said there's hundreds of things, but you have to find the things that really turn you on and put you in that healthy mindset. It's there then that as, you know, so you get up, I'm, I'm a mama, you know, you get up and everybody needs something. Right. And you're going and you're going. Well, if you don't if you don't start off in a healthy mindset, when all that activity starts happening before you even get out the door to go to work or go to your office in your home, it, it, it starts our life starts coming at you and overwhelms you. And it's only eight o'clock in the morning. Well, now think about how quick your trigger can go. And that's why this or the proactive behavior becomes so important. The other thing about habits is we have habits that don't serve us and we want to be aware of them and, and have the courage or the strength to stop them. So like the habit of, for me, I did watch the news late in the evening. A habit for me was, you know, I would read certain things because I like to read at night. Well, when I read at night now, it's, It's easy reading. I do my heavy lifting midday. So these are little nuances where when we become aware and everyone is different, so we have to become aware of what are the things that we're doing that allow us to really decrease that emotional stress.
0: I love it. Rini, this is an awesome conversation. Uh, I do want to be respectful of your time, though. And I I recognize we're towards the end of our our allotted time today. So before we close, I want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your book, your company. uh, And then maybe we can have you back on the podcast again sometime so we can continue because we've really only just scratched the surface.
1: Yes, we have only scratched the surface. That's so true. And, you know, there's nothing like being a, an expert in head trash because you have so much, you know, this is like someone said, why did you write a book on this? I'm like, well, you know, I'm actually consider myself full of head trash. So I, <laughs> I, I feel like I've had to work hard at it. So how you get in touch with me. My name is Rini Cavallari and you can reach me um, at Rini at myheadtrash.com. You can get lots of tools at MyHeadTrash.com. You can buy the book through there and Amazon, of course. And then also, if you sign up, there's no charge. There's a VIP list. If you sign up for the VIP list, it opens up for all kinds of other things we, that we offer in terms of tools so that you can decrease your head trash. And um, I can, uh, you can also find out more about me at PoweredByAspire.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Rini. It has been a real pleasure. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You've given us a lot to think about, a lot to consider and some great tips on how to move forward in a positive way. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Rainey can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.